out the mic, sir. Yes. Um, I'm Karen Kennerly. I'm director of Penn. And thank you for coming today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let uh, the 
we should go into the business at hand as quickly as we should go on to the specifics of this business um, as quickly as possible and I'm I am sorry I'm late and maybe I'm reiterating something that everyone knows but this organization is um, devoted in a non-political absolutist way to the freedom of expression of writers everywhere in the world under whatever kind of governments that exist and that um, we are unalterably opposed to the concept of writing of poetry of fiction of journalism as being uh, in the nature of a national public relations we think that is a detestable idea an insupportable idea and um, and must be opposed wherever it exists I had the good fortune to be in Budapest last June and I was rather pleased to see signs of relaxation of um, the attention paid to writers on the part of the Hungarian government um, there was some pleasure and uh, happiness on the part of many of the Hungarian writers I met that there had been this relaxation and this thaw and there was hope that it would uh, continue and widen and what we apparently have now is just the opposite which is why these gentlemen are here today under our auspices and having said that I think uh, we can proceed would um, like to begin by telling us uh, something about recent developments in the context of the situation in Hungary. Thank you. I think first of all, uh, in the name of the Hungarian opposition or in the name of those people who are back in Budapest and uh, harassed, we have to thank you for you, this possibility and uh, and especially for the letter what Ben was uh, writing to to the first secretary of the Hungarian Communist Party to Mr. Kader and uh, trying to to convince him I hope successfully to stop all these recent developments quote-unquote developments uh, secondly also we are very grateful because of the of the letter which was sent to the Prime Minister of, uh, of Hungary, Tolosan Zipal, uh, in the name of the Committee to Protect Journalists, uh, also referring uh, to, the, to the events of the last three months, let's say. Uh, and as far as we know, there's going to be a letter published in the book review uh, by, uh, signed by Susan Zontag, Peter Blake, and uh, Rose Tyrone, and uh, unfortunately I can't find mm -hmm. the paper. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, Per Watsberg also trying to to intervene uh, what uh, the police and the government is doing at the moment in, uh, in Budapest. Uh, and uh, personally, I would like to, to emphasize that though it's not mentioned in either letter, the demonstration of March 15th, which was uh, severely attacked by the police. But uh, as, as far as we are concerned, it's also part of the Hungarian culture, though it's, uh, it's not that political free, what you were mentioning, 
but uh, just I would like to let you know that it's, uh, we consider it as a, as a cultural event as well because it's, uh, it's uh, just simply as such uh, students straighten, straighten their backs and uh, they wanted to do something spontaneously and voluntarily to commemorate a very important historical, historical event of, uh, of Hungary. And uh, I think we we obliged to to thank for Lucy Commissar for the very good background material. What you were, I hope everybody found it on the table and uh, what she provided basically. Uh, well, as uh, as I mentioned, the the March 15th demonstration. I think already I mentioned one of the very important uh, event in the last three months which uh, shows that, uh, that the Hungarian government uh, tries to crack down any kind of independent uh, intention of, uh, of culture or political thinking. Uh, besides uh, that this demonstration was uh, violently attacked by the police, there were several house search and house raids and fines uh, directly attacking the Samizdat. Uh, I hope that every one of you is aware of uh, what Samis that means and how important this, uh, this is in, uh, in the Hungarian culture in the last uh, five years. Uh, most, of the, uh, most of the blacklisted uh, uh, culturally important uh, uh, novels and, uh, and poetry and journalism at the moment is uh, published by, by Samizda in Hungary. Uh, Samizda operates uh, openly as editors and, uh, and, uh, and translators and writers concerned, but uh, the practical meaning uh, is completely clandestine. Uh, through these uh, fines and house searches and attacks, the, the as far as we know, or as far as we can analyze, the government wants to stop, at least for this year, completely the Samizdat activity. And uh, the reason is, uh, we guess, the 30th anniversary of uh, of 56 revolution in Hungary. And uh, so the government uh, is increasing uh, the police activity because uh, they don't want at all that any kind of true commemoration would happen in Hungary in the next six months, let's say. So they are not that much after Vesele uh, or other periodicals in practical means, but rather they, uh, they want to stop anything uh, which would be connected uh, to 56 and uh, and I think uh, this year, uh, even in the world journalism, is going to be dedicated partially to 56. And of course, uh, I mean, any kind of uh, truthful journalist uh, would contact the Hungarian opposition to know more details and, uh, and feelings about uh, 56. And that's what the, the government wants to stop. And uh, this is a, so this is one, very important uh, base of uh, 
of this last event, and I think the other one is that uh, that uh, the government, in spite of uh, of its uh, promises during the the cultural forum last year, October in Budapest, uh, it was just a, a temporary, uh, even quote unquote, liberalization in Hungary and. Uh, I think simply as such, the police is taking the revenge now. <laughs> and uh, I, do, um, I think it's uh, because since everybody has this background material where all the, all the events precisely listed, so it's no use to, to talk about that. Uh, but uh, one thing which, which, which wasn't known when this, uh, when this uh, background material were, were, was under preparation, it's the new press law, and uh, our friend Ferenc uh, could get hold of the uh, the, the details of, or some details of the press law. So I would like to pass the word to him to talk about it. <clears throat> um, yeah, while the police increased it, its attempt to destroy independent press. While it continued harassing uh, the activists of the Samizdat by house searches and fines, the parliament unanimously accepted a new press law, the first general uh, press law since 1941. Um, I think it's worth of speaking uh, um, about this press law because <coughs> um, one can expect that in the in the next, uh, uh, in the next time, the next few weeks or months, the official propaganda will praise this press law as a sign of the further liberalization inside Hungary. Uh, and I think, therefore, it's important um, you know some details um, of this law uh, to be able to judge the, um, the sense um, and uh, the sense of this law, and uh, what can it mean uh, for um, for uh, the Hungarian, Hungarian activist, Hungarian participants of the cultural life? Uh, the Hungarian opposition, especially the Beszélő, tried to <coughs> examine reforms benevolently, bona fide. Uh, when we criticized reforms, introdu reforms introduced by the government, we never compared them with the political institution of the Western world. Not because uh, we, uh, we don't agree uh, or we don't, uh, don't think that pluralism, parliamentary democracy, is not better than those uh, uh, half-hearted reforms which were introduced. But we try to be realistic and we, we criticize the reform on the basis of their own promises and inside the framework, framework of, this, of uh, the possibilities. <coughs> that, we are, uh, that, we, uh, um, that is what we try to do um, in the case of the press law. Uh, today, I am not in the position uh, to, to give a, a deeper analysis of this law. <coughs> I cannot do that because um, I didn't see the text of the law as far as I know, it was not published yet. At least it, not, it didn't reach me. So um, uh, what I am saying 
is based on the report on the parliamentary session, the report published in Népszabadság, which is a, uh, the daily of the Central Committee of the Party, which is a Hungarian uh, version of Pravda. Um, so um, uh, what I am saying is the, it's, it's based on the report of Népszabadság on the parliamentary session, which uh, passed the law. Um, and uh, another important point that uh, the executive uh, decree, uh, which, which is connected, which is tied to every law, was not published yet. And I guess it will be published not before uh, July of August. Uh, the, the new law is effective from 1st of September. And you, as usual, uh, we know that from the practice, uh, the uh, executive decrees, which, which are usually connected to the laws, can strongly modify the laws. Of course, uh, the most important thing, how, the, how a law uh, will be used, but that we can judge just after uh, the law was really, um, uh, will, be, will be really effective. Um, the press law, in, in the form we can speak about, is a heterogeneous bunch of liberalizing and restricting measures. Um, it seems so that the proposals of the opposition concerning the press law, which were published in Bessielu and uh, which were passed to the parliamentary committee dealing with the preparation of the press law, had some effect um, on the press law. I say that a little bit ironically. Um, I mean that, that uh, um, the opposition in, uh, um, in its writing cited several times the um, United Nations covenant, covenant of, on the, of the civil and political rights, uh, saying that the restrictions on the uh, restrictions of the, of the press uh, rights and uh, the rights of, uh, of free speech contradict um, the covenant which was ratified by Hungary. Now Imre Markoja, uh, Minister of Justice, who presented the law, uh, declare, declared uh, before the Parliament that the suggested law perfectly meets the requirement of the covenant. It is, uh, I think, rather a cynical statement uh, concerned uh, the restrictions which are maintained or introduced by the law. However, uh, first of all, I think uh, mention some positive steps which, which, are, uh, which, uh, which are contained in the new law. First of all, <coughs> the law obligates the state authorities, uh, the economic and social organization, organizations to supply the press with all non-classified information of public interest. Uh, it's an interesting point that one can, one can be legally persecuted if rejects uh, information and uh, or, or if he gives false, unfair information. It's quite interesting that the party itself is missing from the list of the organizations which are, uh, uh, which are compelled to oblige 
to, to give these informations. And of course, it's uh, something, again, which depends on the, on the, pre, on the, on the future practice, uh, how the press will live with this, with this possibility. But I think it is a positive step that it is now codified that uh, the um, authorities have to give information to the press. Um, another thing that the law enlarged the list, list of publications which do not need a previous permission. Uh, such an enlargement of, uh, of uh, uh, the non standard publication was always a demand of the democratic opposition. Um, ironically, the report fa fa uh, fails to inform the readers which are the new forms of which, which are the, the kinds, the types of publications which do, do not need uh, a previous censorship in the future. Uh, it's uh, possibly because uh, the Nipsovatschak, the party's daily, doesn't want to propagate too much this, uh, this uh, um, freedom, this uh, future freedom, or and this is the most probable, they don't know that. Uh, it's very likely that uh, the uh, effective list will be made during the period before the uh, mentioned executive decree uh, will be passed. And it, not, it must not be passed by the parliament, it's a decree uh, made by the, by the Ministry of Justice or another uh, ministerial authority. <coughs> Um, anyhow, uh, it's, uh, seemingly it is a liberalization because uh, until now, uh, with the exception of uh, business uh, publication, business uh, uh, printed materials used, used in, in, in business, uh, actually every uh, multiplied material had to be, uh, have an official permission before multiplication of print. Um, to this uh, bunch of, uh, of uh, uh, changes belongs the fact that in the future the official publishing houses do not need to have a special uh, permission for every uh, books they publish. Uh, of course, uh, they, uh, the publishing houses are controlled by the state and they will be controlled by the state. And, uh, and uh, it's a, uh, an important point which is not mentioned in this, in this context because it's not, it, does, it doesn't belong to the press law, but uh, uh, other regulations uh, which give a certain type of uh, uh, possibility for self-management <coughs> for state enterprises um, do not concern the cultural enterprises. That means that uh, the uh, publishing houses remained in strict, uh, uh, under strict state supervision. But in the future, they don't need to give, to ask for a special permission for every special edition, as they did need it uh, for, uh, previously. And, and I think the most important uh, change uh, is that uh, that uh, the authorities which permit the publication of a book or reject the permission um, 
that decision can be challenged on a legal way. This is this is um, um, this is something which was mentioned in every in every proposal, every proposal uh, given by the opposition, that because until now the authorities uh, didn't didn't need to give any reasonable uh, uh, explanation why did they reject, uh, uh, why did they didn't perm permit to uh, to publish. Um, a material which was present to, to them. Now, uh, this decision can be challenged uh, uh, by, a, by a jury, by a, by, the, by a court, before a court, and, uh, and considered that the uh, courts are not really independent and, uh, and uh, they are dependent on the, on, the, on the party authorities, it is still something and I think it can be considered as a positive change. Um, <clears throat> On the other hand, uh, the new law uh, codifies uh, the existing practice, the previous practice, and uh, introduces new restrictions. Uh, the most important uh, codification of the, of the uh, uh, present practice, and that means the state and party control of all publications, is that, that uh, the laws emphasize that uh, the editors in charge are responsible, uh, I try to quote uh, the exact text, um, the editors in charge are responsible for the execution of the principles of the press policy. That means that uh, um, according to this law, any editor of chief can be fired, can be, mis uh, can be di uh, discharged from his job, because not executing uh, the principles of the, of the uh, press policy, not because of not following the uh, party commands. And another thing which is very important and uh, uh, ac actually a codification of a, of a practical restriction which was always used but not codified, that periodicals must belong to a, to a to a institution or organization. That means that no private person can can apply uh, for a for for the for the right to run a periodical. The previous uh, regulation, uh, which uh, which was passed uh, more than 20 years ago, uh, did not take in account the possibility that private persons could apply for this right. And therefore there was some, some uncertainty in the law and therefore the uh, authorities were so perplexed uh, when Bessie applied for the license to, to, um, to, to publish um, its period, uh, the periodical Bessie uh, Actually they couldn't, they couldn't uh, uh, um, quote any 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 place any uh, part of the of the previous law which forbids um, the publication of uh, a periodical uh, owned by private persons now uh, this new law uh, uh, makes it clear that no private person no private group has the right to have to start a periodical 
this is a very important uh, restriction. <coughs> and um, finally, and uh, emphasizing the essential, the fundamental uh, question, uh, the implementation of such a law is, uh, depends mostly on the political trends existing uh, uh, at the time when the law is, uh, uh, gets effective. And um, it is sad to say, but as last law uh, uh, tried to emphasize, emphasize and, and, um, and these events uh, listed in the material you got <coughs> show that the political atmosphere is not beneficent for, uh, the, for, for the freedom of expression and for the, uh, for the using of uh, the liberal possibilities given in the law, given possibly in the law. But we don't need to, to concern, to, to speak about uh, these <coughs> events outside of the floor uh, on the part of the parliament. If we quote uh, the, the, uh, the report uh, which was published in the party's daily, we can see, uh, we can, we can uh, uh, feel this change of the general political atmosphere. After uh, the Minister of Justice, in the name of the party, was Janusz Beretz, who uh, suggested the new law to the parliament. He is uh, the, one of the secretaries of the Central Committee, and he is responsible for ideologi ideological questions and propaganda. And uh, he is considered as one of the hardliners of the party leadership. And, uh, and uh, in his speech, he said, our practice of freedom of press is essentially differs from the freedom of bourgeois press, paid, controlled, and tolerated by the military industrial complex. That is you. <laughs> uh, so this is the old-style Leninist phraseology used by the party saying that the, the uh, freedom of the bourgeois press is just a, a semblance to hide that the, 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 the bourgeois press, the Western press at all, is just a servant of the uh, capitalist interest. And this slogan, this uh, phraseology, was always used to, to prove that uh, the, the um, official restrictions of the uh, freedom of speech, freedom of press, are just the equivalent of the, of the uh, bourgeois oppression of the press. And <coughs> uh, he continued his speech with a uh, militant attack against opposition, against activists of Samizdat. He said that there are false prophets who try to disturb our national unity, who urge our nation to assimilate bourgeois ideas. Since they are unsuccessful at home, uh, they uh, serve the bourgeois propaganda demonstrating by that that the national and democratic slogans are nothing but the mask, mask to hide 
the foreign interest they really represent. So this is the ideological framework uh, to attack Stanislav, uh, to attack uh, um, any editions, publications not authorized, not controlled by the state and party offices. So I do not know what has happened before, and perhaps I would repeat some things, some things which were told by Mr. Reich or Mr. Kursak. Now, I am uh, not an academic, and uh, I think I shall not speak of uh, literary questions, which can be more important or useful for you. Uh, but I think in Hungary, uh, these uh, problems which are connected with uh, the press of which Mr. Kursak uh, was speaking and uh, connected uh, with ideological and uh, cultural humanitarian questions. They are always very closely connected with political problems. And I would like to speak of these problems uh, which were, uh, to which Mr. Kursak related to. Uh, I don't know how, many, how much time I have. I don't want to speak long, but I think that there are real political changes in Hungary, and uh, this press law, which, uh, uh, of which Mr. Kursag uh, was speaking, is only one of the signs and not the worst sign of these changes. As a matter of fact, in the uh, speech delivered by Mr. Beretz and by Mr. Markoya, who is the Minister of Justice in Hungary, just that thing was emphasized that the new press law doesn't change essentially the old one. As, uh, after all, there was no old press laws. Uh, very long time ago, some hundred years ago or 150 years ago, we had a press law. In the last 40 years, there were only low level. Uh, low-level uh, rules and statutes, and these were taken together in the new press law, where, and a bit it is worse, the new press law, than the, um, than if, than the old uh, statutes, but not very much. Because Mr. Kursak said that it is a real change and an important change that now, uh, for example, an individual cannot ask for a permit uh, for publishing something. And it is true that up to this time there was this possibility. But uh, it was only a theoretical possibility, and as he said, Brazil uh, didn't get the permit. In the similar way, nobody got it. So I don't think that the most important things are the legal constructions. The most important thing is the reality, and I don't think that it will change um, because of this uh, new law. But there are very threatening and sinister other changes in Hungary. 
very briefly to go back, you know that after the 56 revolution, there was such a great repression in Hungary. Several hundreds or perhaps thousands of people were executed. 20 or 30,000 of people were taken in prisons and concentration camps. 200,000 of people were forced to emigrate. So after this uh, repression, which uh, for centuries Hungary never experienced, uh, people um, turn their strategy uh, towards the life and towards uh, the system itself, and they turned away from politics. When I came out in '63 from prison, I found quite another, quite another nation uh, than what I uh, knew seven years before. People were not interested in politics, and uh, they thought that those people who deal with such things, they are either scandalous or uh, fools. Uh, I think that is a uh, general phenomenon of counter-revolutionary periods. Uh, there was some social contract, some uh, gentleman agreement between the power and between the population under which the people decide uh, to con themselves that they wouldn't take part in political activity. On the other side, the power uh, promised in some silent way that the living standard will be uh, maintained, or very slowly it will be increased, and people will be allowed to live their lives. In these circumstances, there were real results. Uh, now, all of this happened only some uh, six or seven years after the revolution, because the first seven years uh, was the, uh, the hard repression. In the first years of the 60s, this compromise came into being, and, uh, uh, and really there were results, especially in the arts and the literature, uh, some very sophisticated uh, and avant-garde experiments, uh, sensitiveness, was tried, which former in the Stalinist period was impossible. But now I think that this period is over. On both of the sides, this social contract cannot be, uh, cannot be kept. Uh, Hungary has, uh, I don't know, <laughs> perhaps you are not very much uh, interested in economic questions, so I do not want to launch on them, in them but uh, Hungary has a $10 billion uh, state debt. This is a very big number. This is more than the Polish state debt, which is, uh, I think, $28 billion, but uh, the inhabitants of Poland is uh, uh, 35 million people, and Hungary has only 10 million people. So if you count it for one head, then the Hungary's uh, big is greater. Uh, only to pay the interest, it consumes a great, great portion of the uh, national income. In this situation, and especially after the uh, changes in the raw material prices, uh, the uh, government cannot uh, raise the living standard again, or it can only reduce it. In the 60s, Hungary was in a good situation. 
Hungary, just because of the revolution, even if it was oppressed, Hungary was the first communist country where the most uh, prominent uh, Stalinist leaders were swept away, and it was, would have been a, uh, a political aspect, in political aspect, a full thing to take them back to Hungary. Also, Mr. Hushchev, perhaps of some bad conscience, he allowed to, for Hungary to make, uh, to try some economical experiences, which is usually called a new economical mechanism. Uh, then there was a boom in the world uh, economy, and as Hungary, I think 40% of the national product is uh, uh, produced for export, and so when the raw materials were uh, cheap, Hungary was in a good situation. And as a matter of fact, Hungary was more developed than its uh, neighbors. Uh, but uh, th that is one side. Uh, that, uh, the, that this situation is over and uh, we are in worse and worse economic situation. Hungary's economy is a bit better just because of this uh, economic uh, reform ex experiments, which were never realized. They were always aborted, but some things were done. So we are in a better situation than other countries around us, but not much better. When this uh, um, recession came a few years ago, then Hungary also stuck in the mud, the same way as its neighbors. It is not always realized. If uh, we can say that if the living standard hasn't gone down very much, it is also the, re the result of those uh, $10 billion which we got from the West because it was not taken in modernization of the industry, and so now we are in a very bad and poor situation. A new thing is that it is now avowed by the party leaders, I shall go speak of it later. So that is one part. The other part is the people's part. Uh, young generations were grown up who didn't make this compromise with the power and who want to speak out loudly and bravely. And uh, they, are not they were not intimidated, neither in the uh, oppression of the revolution nor, uh, nor earlier in the years of Stalinism, in the years of the Second World War, in the years of the Nazi terror. Now, what can happen in this situation when the Pakada period is over? Two things can, could come into being. Either a liberal change, an opening towards real economic reform, towards a liberal uh, inner politics, a democratization, democratization of the country, and as a matter of fact, really, there were such forces in Hungary, not only in the opposition. And when I say opposition, I do not want to restrict myself to the so-called democratic opposition, to which I too belong, but I think that it is only the peak of an iceberg. And it would be a very sorry thing if these few people who, cons who make the democratic opposition would uh, make uh, um, simultaneously the whole uh, real democratic opposition which exists in the country. I think that there are millions of peoples who, uh, people who belong to this opposition, but they are silent because they learned from Hungarian history that to speak out, that is equal to commit suicide. So there is this, op this opposition. And uh, 
very briefly, there is a very important avant-garde group called Anconi, who made every second week last year very important exhibitions. They uh, had an exhibition of the Amnesty International, which is banned in Hungary, even they uh, invited somebody from Vienna to speak of it. They made an exhibition of the 56 events, also a commemorial of it. They made exhibitions of the Samizdat, and uh, so on. Uh, there, are, there is the Danube Circle, who uh, strives for preventing that catastrophic plan that Hungary, under some uh, pressure, uh, will um, build, uh, wants to build a Hungarian government together with the Czechoslovakians, an electric power station in the Danube, which would have a catastrophic effect on the environment and a catastrophic effect on the economy itself because it uh, costs some uh, hundred uh, billion uh, forints. Um, the same uh, electric power station would uh, make a, f a danger of flood on Hungarian towns and uh, spoil the water, the drinking water. And there is a circle below, uh, who got otherwise some kind of Nobel Prize for its uh, fight uh, for preventing this uh, building. Then there are young people who belong to punk groups and who uh, sing always political songs and usually very, very brave and democratic songs. The leaders of the, the members of these groups were taken in prison. They got two years, uh, which they had to serve. Then there are those people who do not want to go to be soldier for conscientious uh, reason, either because of religious reason or because of uh, not religious but pacifist uh, reasons. And I can, uh, could enum enumerate other uh, groups, but I do not want to uh, be very long. Now, uh, uh, there is something which usually is omitted in the Western analysis, that the Hungarian policy is very directly connected with the Soviet policy. Uh, there is a very small uh, area for uh, these uh, small countries in Eastern Europe to, uh, move, to uh, find their own ways. So everything, after all, every important thing is decided in Moscow. This could be seen in the repressions. In the last years of Mr. Brezhnev's being in power, the repressions was tolerable. Uh, they made sometimes some small houses, some confiscations, some fines, but not very many. But in November 82, when Mr. Brezhnev died and Andropov got the power, in a very short time, perhaps in two weeks, they made the first house searches Mr. Reich's flat, and only two months later they confiscated the flat itself, where Mr. Reich had a Samizdat boutique, how we called it, and their Samizdat publications were distributed. In the same period, there were a number of other house searches and repressions. of Mr. Nachernenko uh, when nobody know, knew what he wanted to do and how, how long he would uh, be in power. Now, with Mr. Gorbachev, uh, there are a number of illusions in the West. In Hungary, I 
haven't met these illusions. It was thought that he would uh, like to democratize or at least to modernize the economy and for that reason, that purpose, he would uh, in some way copy the Hungarian experiment. Not much time after Mr. Gorbachev's coming into power, there was a television show in Hungarian television uh, and it was interesting that it was not on Mr. Gorbachev and not on Mr. Chernyanko, but it was uh, dealing with Mr. Andropov and uh, whoever knew that he was the uh, leader of the KGB. Now, the, we, uh, in a great number of frames, we could see Mr. Gorbachev standing uh, on the side of Andropov, and this was a sign for Hungarians that Mr. Gorbachev would continue Andropov's uh, politics. Um, I don't want to say that he gave direct orders for political changes in Hungary. But there, is, there are not only direct orders, there is a psychological effect, at the same way as with Mr. Andropov's coming into power. The hardliners, the Stalinists in the Hungarian party, which is, I think, a very important lobby there, got gain, got more power, thinking that they can feel behind them the Soviet power. Uh, so in this period, uh, there were made a number of new laws, and much more in, in this political sense, not literary or publications, and much more important than the new press law. Only to enumerate these things, because otherwise I ought to, uh, uh, I have to speak very much. There was a new law, new law of statute, now I do not make any distinction between statute and order and law, new law on the uh, authority and competence of the police. Now every policeman can stop anybody in the street and can stop any car in the street, can go in any flat in the, in the houses and make a search and ask information from people without giving a reasoning. There is another law which changed the rules of the police surveillance, police control, which even before had been some sort of house arrest. In the, uh, before this law, which came into effect only in, uh, I think, August or September of last year, um, you, uh, one could, got, uh, could have got first uh, while only one year police surveillance. Now it is extended to two and three years because there are two categories. And all of these uh, restrictions for example, that one who is ill and needs the care of other people, that uh, this man cannot get a police control, these were uh, cancelled, left out from the new law. Then a third such uh, law was the forced labor law, which in some euphemistic way is called a repairing, reprimand, no, repairing, uh, uh, repairing work, uh, educating work. Now, this is a real forced labor. People have to live in uh, jails, in prisons, and they work in mines. If you do not work for more than 30 days, you can be taken for three years into these camps, and afterwards you get another three years of police surveillance. And this is used in the Hungarian newspapers. There were articles and several hundreds of people are now in these forced labor camps or prisons. 
Then there was a separate law which is connected with publications on the multi multiplicating machines, mimeographs, uh, uh, Xerox machines, and so on. And according to this law, which is uh, quite uh, ironical and stupid, because the definition of a, multipli a multiplicating machine is something like this. Multiplication machine is uh, every means uh, is called a multiplication machine with which one can um, duplicate uh, any pattern or uh, characters. In such a way, even a rubber stamp with a date, it can be taken as a multiplicating machine. I do not want to say that they use it for this reason. But it is said exactly that a seal screen, if you know what it is, it is a wooden frame and there is some textile, even that is taken as a multiplication machine. And it is forbidden to keep. You have to get a, a permit from the police. And there are other laws, perhaps no, I uh, do not remember them. Now, this was clear that these laws were not made only because they are bored and want to do something, but to apply them. In the first year of these changes, in last year, 85, you couldn't feel very much these changes. More or less, the situation was unchanged, and I think it was the result of the cultural forum, which was held in October, November in Budapest, and Hungary wanted to show a nice image towards the West. Uh, even then, the situation was not so peaceful. Those people who were taken in prison because of uh, not going to be soldiers, they continued to be there, and in September, other 11 people were taken in prison for two and or three years for this reason. Also, there were these punk people who also continued their uh, prison term to serve. Then there were a man called Reggio Forgac, who was an amateur theater director and made a performance uh, with the poems of Ezra Pound. Ezra Pound was never, uh, never uh, published in Hungary, only later in uh, Samizda. Uh, it was, he was taken first as some uh, sort of uh, fascist uh, because of his you know, belonging to Mussolini and affection. Later it was not interesting because in Hungary don't think that there are, that we have a joke how many communists are in Hungary and the answer is there is one but nobody knows where. So do not think that there are some ideological reasons for not publishing Ezra Pound, but now perhaps he is avant-garde or, or, or the difficulty understood so nobody published it. Now this man made a performance and he got seven months uh, sentence, it was said that it was a pornographic performance. Now, mm, and uh, there was my case, I do not want to emphasize very much, but this was in some way the um, best known in the West. I was taken under police control and not allowed to go away from my flat in the nights and not to leave Budapest, and I had to report each week to the at the police station and so on. And this was, I got it on uh, 84 November, and it was lifted only a few days before the cultural forum. Uh, in the brackets, you can ask that if the situation is so bad in Hungary, how I can be here? <laughs> I, uh, because that is a logical question. Now, I have never got a passport in my whole life. I asked all each year, 
uh, and one another, I have a great big file at home with the refusers of my request with my appeals and the second refusers and so on. But uh, happened, there happened in London a very tragic thing. My brother had a fatal, a fatal accident. He defected, went away from Hungary in 56, two days after my arrest, and he uh, lived there for 30 years. And there was a fire in his flat where he got, uh, he was so much burned, some 50% of his body and also his lungs were damaged, that he was taken in a uh, critical uh, state in, uh, in the London hospital. And uh, as a matter of fact, two months later, he died in January. But then in November, he was alive, and I got a, a telegram uh, and a telephone call from London to come at once. I am the only living uh, relative. I was the only living relative of his. But even then, I didn't get the passport. And they always said me one day after the other that there is no decision. But there was then this uh, um, political, this cultural forum. There were foreign delegations, and there was some pressures on the Hungarian government. So I got it for 30 days. And then after 30 days, my brother was alive. I asked for an extension. And again, uh, two weeks later, in some way, I got it. Now it is valid till the end of June. So that is how I can be here. Now, going back to political uh, things, just after the end of the Cultural Revolution, the repressive sets, taps uh, were started. Two days after the finishing of the forum, one man called uh, Lejac, uh, who, is the, who was the uh, director of a cultural, cultural house of a small Hungarian village called Lakitele, and who, in the, on the 22nd of October, uh, had organized some exhibition. And uh, at the, the opening of the exhibition, uh, there was some commemoration of the Hungarian Revolution. That was the eve of the uh, 29th anniversary of the Revolution. In that time, during the forum, uh, they did nothing with him. But uh, two days after the finishing of the forum, he was sacked from his job. Uh, there was a, uh, a series of, uh, of lectures called Reform and Democracy on which very important and well-known Hungarian lecturers could, uh, would have spoken, and this was forbidden. It seems that reform and democracy is not allowed in Hungary. Then, uh, in the next year, in January, they started a long series of house searches and other measures against uh, the Samizda. I do not want to go into details, but I would say that uh, uh, there were at least eight or ten house searches, and they gave very big fines. One man called Mr. Gado got uh, 20,000 forints twice times to, uh, twice uh, 10,000 foreign, and the other man, Yanu Noy, who is the ABC Samizdat publisher, got twice 20, uh, 16,000, one 6,000 and then 10,000 foreign. 
I think that these things you have in a written form, as he informs me, so I do not want really to go into details, or to, to give a general picture. There were two other uh, very sinister things which haven't happened before, that the police attacked with stanchions and tear grenades two peaceful demonstrations, one in February, which was uh, for uh, this environmental question against the dam in the Danube, and the other on the 15th of March, when young people celebrated the anniversary of the last century democratic revolution. They were dissolved, people were arrested, some people and uh, it, the whole thing was made in a very brutal way. Then there are a lot of speeches. One of them was uh, quoted by Mr. Kursag, the speech of Mr. Beretz in the Parliament. Now I would quote only one short thing of Mr. Leonard Paul. This Paul Leonard, or Leonard Paul, I don't know which uh, name to uh, take first, because this uh, so this man uh, who uh, finished his studies in the Soviet Union and is officially an atomic uh, physician, he was taken to be an, uh, uh, a secretary of the Central Committee, ideological secretary of the Central Committee of the Hungarian uh, Party. And in some way, he, it was uh, awaited or thought that he will introduce a repressive policy instead of that more or less liberal policy which had been before. Now, this man had that, and a few days ago an ideological conference for activists and propaganda workers in the headquarters of the Party Central Committee. There was again this Mr. Beretz, and there was uh, Janos Kada too. I uh, quote only two, uh, two uh, paragraphs. There are those who at times attack under the guise of economic reform the fundamental pillars of socialist production relations, doing so openly or in weird terms. Unfortunately, the Marxist stand against, Marxist stand against these is timid. Some people concerned about the view of certain circles are reluctant to take a firm stand on a principled basis. We come across similar signs of uncertainty in cultural life as well. We must regard the radical changing of this situation and the strengthening of the struggle for the hegemony of Marxism as the fundamental task of propaganda and ideological work. These are such sentences which we very rarely heard in the last 20 years, but it was a common sense in the Stalinist period. There was an attack a few days ago. Perhaps we should stop with questions now. Well, thank you. Then I want to say only one or two words that uh, two days ago, Mr. Chabrikov, the leader of the KGB, uh, came to Hungary without saying it in advance, and he had a uh, negotiation with Mr. Kada, with the Minister of Home Affairs, and with the Central Committee Secretary and Politburo member István Horvá, who had been the former Minister of Home Affairs. There, are, there were sinister things, murders and, uh, and, 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 uh, and fires made in lodgings on some people who belong to the opposition. But I do not want to speak of it because we have no time. Thank you very much. Thank you.
you want to comment or should we ask? I think we should open the floor for questions. Are there any questions? To I, I didn't say I, I, I didn't like it. Um, well, uh, well, I, I, I try to say that there are um, uh, there are regulations in the press law which can be considered as positive steps, and there are um, uh, um, paragraphs which are um, further restrictions or codifications of restrictions, and uh, and the. What does it really mean? It depends on the on the uh, on the usage of this law, and uh, uh, I agree with Georg uh, that uh, the political atmosphere is not uh, um, not good for liberal steps. Um, it uh, repeatedly happens that uh, a reform uh, a reform uh, <coughs> starts and uh, and it will. Um, it will shaped into a law in a new political period. Something similar happened to the to the electoral law, which uh, contained uh, uh, some uh, some reform elements. But um, um, in the time of the implementation, uh, the political atmosphere changed already, and uh, and uh, uh, in the consequence of that, and the con in the con and and as a consequence of the of the inner contradictions of the of the reform laws uh, the negative uh, the hardliner political trends uh, make much more uh, much more um, probable that the um, restrictive elements of the new laws will be applied as it happened with the, in the case of the election and not the the, the positive changes contained in the, in, the, in the changes. Maybe there's another way of explaining <coughs> this. If you allow me a, a comparison, in South Africa recently, um, the Prime Minister said pass, the infamous pass laws were going to be abolished. And that seemed to be all to the good, some sort of relaxation, <coughs> liberalization, some relief for the life of black people in South Africa. But at the same time, the police were given uh, enormous new powers for freehand approach to uh, to uh, using their own judgment and um, uh, creating whatever oppression they feel is necessary to keep the population under control. So you have that double kind of thing. On paper, you have an apparent liberalization of of uh, life, legal life under under the regime, but in fact. Um, sort of sneaking in under that, you have uh, the opportunity for additional 
or other forms of repression to be enacted on the population. And I think there's a rough parallel here to, uh, to what our guests are saying. Uh, I just wanted to say uh, almost the same thing, just to give you an example that uh, <clears throat> a law seemingly uh, formed very democratically, but uh, if you take into consideration the constitution of Soviet Union, that's a marvelous constitution, but it's just not used. So that's one thing. The other is that uh, Hungary learned how to manipulate the Western mass media, let's say. So again, the, which are formed and written, those are, those are seemingly very demo democratical, but in, they never in use. And uh, almost all the laws has a so-called elastic sentence at the end, which we do not know at the moment. But uh, Yuri was mentioning the forced labor law. Seemingly that law, as, uh, as I think the, the press law as well, goes very much into details, defines very much the territory where it's effective, but then they add the so-called elastic sentence at the end. In the case of the, of the forced labor law, they define that after 30 days of non-registered job, you can be taken to a prison camp, so to say. But then the last sentence says that even if you have a job, the police can, uh, can judge that your salary is not enough for your lifestyle. That means that anyone can take it. So, and uh, I think the most important of the press law would be this last elastic sentence. It would just wipe out the whole law. I can repeat only what they said, but only add something. Uh, the laws are really formal things in uh, communist uh, uh, states, and there, I don't think there would be any change. But let us uh, quote the first sentence of this press law. Uh, the, the Constitution of the Hungarian People's Republic ensures the liberty of the press. Everybody has a right to um, publish uh, his uh, uh, views and creations through press if these things do not, uh, do not hurt the constitutional order and foreign interest of the Hungarian People's Republic. So in the second part of the sentence takes away everything what is in the first part. Yes, I hope it doesn't drive a wedge between this right and fiercely and preciously, but it does seem to me that what Mr. Wright was saying is the real crucial period between now and the 30th anniversary of the Soviet Revolution. What Mr. Pesek and Mr. Kasher are saying, I think, is that with the introduction of new laws, we may in fact be in a much longer period. I mean, to what extent is the Hungarian government at the moment simply worried about the celebration of the anniversary of the revolution? To what extent is this a systematic organization <coughs> of new procedures which will last much longer than uh, the I think uh, first I have to correct myself that I was referring the actual actions which, uh, which happened in the last uh, four months. The, certainly the government uh, has a much longer plan which is uh, introducing laws which are more restrictive than, than the one before. 
So in that, in that sense, uh, Yuri is right, telling that we are facing a much severe period, but they are backed up with, uh, with laws, and this is which uh, scares us a lot. Connected with this question, I would have another question. That Hungary has now much better liberal image in the West than former. But there was the 10th anniversary, the 15th, the 20th, the 25th of the revolution. Why they didn't make in that time these laws? My name is Joanne Landy. I'm from Democracy News. Um, my question is whether the uh, restriction on the press um, has been accompanied by um, restrictions in uh, life outside of the field of publishing, whether uh, in factories or in ordinary life um, there have also been Uh, I think that, <coughs> that uh, uh, George uh, listed a lot of, of uh, new restrictions which are, uh, which uh, 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 certainly don't have this half-liberal character which, what, uh, according to my um, uh, analysis, uh, Breslau had, um, especially the, the, um, the increased uh, uh, scope of action of the police is an important sign uh, of the new restrictions which, uh, which are directed any, uh, any form of, uh, of uh, political oppositional activity. And the other thing which is very important um, and, and uh, um, which, uh, which uh, touches more people than the opposition is this uh, forced labor law, which is a law against the poor. So it's a, a very conservative, very, very reactionary law uh, really, really uh, against uh, unemployed people, uh, a law to, to, uh, uh, to keep salaries, wages low because uh, people who don't want to take jobs for the, for the uh, given salary, for the offered salary, can be threatened by, uh, by taking custody and uh, by, by application of, the, of this forced uh, labor law, and it can be used as a political law against, for example, striking workers. He can be fired, and uh, uh, a month later, they can be, uh, can be arrested because of not willingly not working. So it's not only used against... Yeah, it's a law which, which can be used you know, on, a, on, a, on a wide scale against, against any groups of non-fitting this model of the, of the good citizen. And also, I, I, would <coughs> I would like to add that how a, a press law, a restricted press law, could, uh, could, could have an effect on a much broader level. That Yuri uh, was uh, enumerating, let's say, single-issue groups like uh, consciousness objectors, the, the Danube Circle, etc. If they are, if the possibility to express, to, to articulate their thoughts is taken away, they, I mean, indirectly, they are killed. It's the same thing uh, about uh, the press law against and, uh, again and publications that if a young man, a young person is not given the possibility to, to begin the art, to begin to write or to begin to, 
to articulate uh, his piece of art or her piece of art if this possibility is taken away because he can't publish by himself anything because he's not an institution therefore he's not given the possibility to make an exhibition or a catalog etc etc then it's again it's uh, the future of the art is killed right at the beginning
exotic place in the world. We're talking about someone, a, a group of people who are uh, very much au courant, they're quite with it, and uh, um, live in a highly contemporary and rather difficult society. Thank you. Thank you for coming and thank our guests. And please, if you have any individual questions you want to ask them um, after, right now, please do. Thank you.